This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie. Miranda. Samantha. Charlotte. Cosmos. Emotions. So many Every little dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But but Wonder. Ooh, it's a a period piece show. A podcast where we talk. Whoa, I've never done that part. Girl, do it. A podcast. Wow. I don't even know if I can do it. I don't know. I have stage fright. I have stage fright. A podcast where we talk about Sex and the City and how it relates to us. Ooh. Cal, I feel like a. That was like role reversal. It's a whole new show. Oh my God, I'm sweating. Okay. Wow. Great to be here. Rose, who are you this week? I think I'm Charlotte in the episode where she pretends to be a lesbian. What episode was that? When I- oh, yes, 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 of course. Yes, I remember with all the girls at the art gallery. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm having a bit of a college moment where mm. I've, um, I'm going on a date with a woman this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I'm still dating guys and I think I'm still straight. So I'm sort of... I think I'm just like really annoyed with men right now. So I'm just I having think a little. I that's pretty relatable. Yeah. Little... And also kinda... as you get older, you sort of are like, I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. A, a pussy or a dick. I mean, it's all just soft, None of it's soft great. skin. <laughs> yeah, no. The choices are not fabulous. I think I'm just kind of feeling like the idea that somebody might actually be able to like communicate their feelings and know how they feel inside sounds so appealing. And if it comes totally. with tits and a vag. I pretty much I'm doing I a pay. bit about this on stage right now. So this is I, this is I'm very living your bit palpably relatable. I'll let you guys know next week how it goes. I'm sure she's perfectly lovely. We'll see if I can in t- get in touch with my inner queer girl or what. OK. Um, who are you this week? Uh, who was I? I guess I was. I was a little bit of a, a Carrie sort of considering. Well, Carrie in later, later, a much later season um, when she's sort of thinking about going abroad I won't go much further in saying that because I do believe it's a spoiler alert but yeah I uh I'm thinking a lot about vacation it's kind of on my mind a lot um yeah you want to go well I don't even know I you know I was thinking about the conversation that we had last week when we went out to eat and we were talking about your trip to Cambodia and I'm just sort of like thinking I need to see more of the world, but also stop living in the space where I'm only working and socializing a little bit, but like really not just breathing and having a good time. You always point out to me, I'm very hard on myself. And I truly wake up every morning just being like, I could be doing more. Like literally first thought of the day is like, do more, be more. So relax. How relaxing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But I am. (laughs) I'm I'm relaxed, I think, in sort of like my manner. But my head is not relaxed. So 
I don't even know if vacation She's is the answer the to that. Down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just, uh, yeah, I don't know where to go. I love city trips. I really do find yeah, walking Europe. around a city pretty meditative. And I love like not having, uh, having sort of a loose structure, but not like a full on like from 10 to 11, we do this. From 11 to 12, we do this. Like I like a loose itinerary. Listeners, uh, Instagram Jamie or the pod and oh, tell that's her where to go. that's a great idea. Where should I go, you guys? For someone who loves walking, and being in big cities, safe enough to feel like you can really walk around. Yes. And if there is, I'm open to beach options. But the last time I went to a beach, I went to Cabo and I really did just a lot of straight up loafing. It was very indulgent. I was just like eating the whole time and like drinking a shit ton. And like, I just didn't feel great. And I... I want to be the person who goes to a resort and like lives their best life. And I feel like I'm the type of person who goes to a resort and it's like this person needs help. Like it's so over the top indulgent. It's just like I remember where we went in Cabo. They every day at 4 p.m. They put chips and guac in our room. And I was like, the fact that my only appointment today is to go eat Wait, at my 4 p.m., a time when most people aren't even hungry. Wait, the it's only the thing most on, off time. Wait, the only thing on the books that you had was just literally walk. go eat more in your room and then come back down to the pool and eat more there and drink more there. And all of the drinks there were like, you know, banana cuckoo crazy cocoa <laughs> clock. You know, just like Wait, <laughs> the drink from Wayne's World with all the things <laughs> in it. I, and I drank like six of those like fish bowls of alcohol. It's disgusting. And they're so weak. They're just delicious. They don't actually get you drunk. I do have to say that everybody vacations differently. And just because you don't like to literally sit on the beach and bake all day doesn't mean you don't like vacations. It means that's not the vacation for you. You could probably go to Copenhagen and be walking around. I was thinking Copenhagen. I think for traveling, it's really safe in Scandinavia and it's Beautiful art museums, gorgeous clothing. I'm thinking Berlin food. too. How oh, are we yeah. feeling about Berlin, you guys? Guys, weigh Kristen in. Kristen and I have been to both places. We had a think? great time. Both places. Are they close to each other? No. Sort of. You can fly. Well, I mean, I like, know that, but like, I don't yeah, like yeah. doing long. It's a schleppy flight. trips. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. So maybe those will be the two. Weigh in if you have opinions about where Jamie should go. Yes, please. Thank you, and please, and thank you. Okay, guys, today. We are getting into season three, episode three. By the way, just in case anyone's tuning in, I know we say at the top of the show, but this is a Sex in the City podcast, and we do talk about each episode of Sex Sometimes in the City. Sometimes we do talk about Sex in the we City. We actually do get Once around in a to while. it. So we do talk about ourselves at the top, and then we sort of delve into the episode. And I just wanted to let you know that. And if there are any new listeners, hello, welcome. Hi. You know, welcome to the community. We're Thanks here. For stopping We're by. here for you, and we hope you come back again. So, anyways, that said. Today we're covering season three, episode three, Attack of the Five Foot Ten Woman. Rose, take it away. Thank you. Things kick off with the core four enjoying some Sunday brunch with a side of wedding gossip. Charlotte insists on reading the Times wedding section out loud, which everyone thinks is super basic and annoying. Between all these random articles about 20-somethings marrying billionaires, there it is. Big and Natasha's wedding announcement. Dom, dom, dom. <laughs> ouch, ouch, that hurts. <laughs> they decide to leave the restaurant and go back to Carrie's oh, apartment god. so she can freak out and have an emotional meltdown in private. Oh my god, I get chills it's so just awful. thinking about that. It's 
scene is so hard. (sighs) Miranda's also going through a big change in her life, and that change is Magda. Magda is her new Ukrainian housekeeper who has some very strong opinions about where mugs go. She's also extremely conservative and constantly judges Miranda for her empowered single working woman lifestyle. Miranda and Carrie meet up to discuss their current dramas when they run into the last person they ever wanted to see. My cleaning lady brought me a rolling pin. It was like she couldn't believe I didn't have one. I can't believe you have a cleaning lady. Oh, don't even start. I feel guilty enough. I hate being home when she's home because I feel like if I'm home, I should be cleaning or making pies because according to her, that's what women do. Where did you find this person in a time capsule? I know. I don't need to make pies. I'm practically a partner in a major law firm. If I want pie, I can buy it. You know, I think I need this in a smaller size. Um, I'll get it for you. Just hand it out to me. There's no need for you to come out. Carrie? Ugh. No. And there she was. Mrs. Big. All five foot ten of her. Hey. Hi, Natasha. Um, I, uh, I heard, well, I, I read, um, congratulations on the thing, on the wedding. Oof. Um, this is Miranda. She's shopping with me. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. That looks uh, nice, that, um, what you have on there. You think? Yeah, I, uh, need something for this women in the arts luncheon I helped organize on, on the steering committee, so. Oh, really? I'm a member. Because, you know, I write, so I am a woman in the arts. Oh my God. I, I go to that lunch every year. You know what I just thought of listening to that clip? And we talked about this a little bit, too, when we did the episode about women in their 20s versus 30s, how it's a mm-hmm. one-sided competition. Mm-hmm. Natasha is so not competitive and or intimidated by Carrie. It's almost offensive. That actually, I think you, that's a really great point. And I think that is the reason Carrie's a little shook. Because, like, the first time she met Natasha, Natasha was like, I've heard so much about you. Like, almost like she doesn't even know they dated. Like, but, like she knows, well, two things. Maybe she knows and she just doesn't give a shit or Big didn't give her the details. And so she's just kind of like, who is this woman with curly hair who's shorter than me and less of a model than me? Like, there's something just very, it's just cruel. It feels cruel towards Carrie. You know what? I, obviously, we can't know this is fiction. We weren't in the writer's room. These aren't real people. But my analysis is that she knows that Carrie is Big's ex and truly does not care, care, which I think is I like that because that's the most brutal. And I think we need brutal because this is a TV show and brutal is what's interesting. And I also think that this woman is a... I mean, it's also brutal, but I have a feeling that the reason she is not competitive with Carrie is Big is like... I love you. I want to marry you. You're my wife. I don't think she feels nervous. I think he probably told her, yeah, I dated this crazy girl. God. But anyway, I'm so excited to get married to you. Like, I don't think she sees her as a threat at all. Yeah. Or what if he just said like, oh, yeah, my friend Carrie, I'm friends with or maybe they were. Re- OK, now we're really going into like, OK, let's just go into let's make conspiracy it as real theories. as possible. Yes. OK. Big and Natasha, they're hanging out, dating. Things are going great. They see Carrie's column in the paper and Big says, I know that person. She's like, oh, my God, I love her. She's such a funny writer. And then that's all the information that Natasha has. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when she meets Carrie in that first episode where we see her, she's just kind of like, oh, hi, 
Nice to see you. Like, she really does just seem like Carrie's a friend of Biggs and no threat at all. But I like your pitch better because it's way more mean. I kind of like the idea that she's like a stunning 26-year-old model. And she's like, care less. oh, this little shrimp yes. cocktail you dated yes, her? exactly. Not a problem. Yeah, no. I think but, that I think that's a way more fun way to to look at it. It's also just so intense that like when they're together, Kara's like bleh, 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 and I like know. Natasha's like pretty kind and just like, oh hi. Like there's no there's nothing bitchy about her. She's yeah. pretty I mean which makes it harder. It's like she's completely Carrie's also, just like spiraling. She, yes. And also she comes out of the dressing room. Looks perfect. Looks perfect. And she's like, I don't know if I like this. It's like it just makes you it she, it makes her more likable and therefore more hateable. Also she's plenty nice like she oh, could 100%. easily be she's perfectly nice it's great casting it's great casting and it's a really she's interesting a beautiful ch- nice person yeah and it's an interesting choice that they you could you could easily have have had a guy being with somebody who was like threat i think it would have made carrie feel a lot better if she was threatened in any way by her of course that's the whole thing it's yeah. exactly that yeah that's really she awful. almost acts like carrie's like not a person like she could care less it's like it's an acquaintance it's not even like oh that's my soon to be husband's ex it's just kind of like oh hi you know big like it's very just sort of mind erased detached and i think that's what's so brutal yeah i think that the the show does a really good job of making you just feel so, so compassionate. Have for you have you ever run into someone you 100% did not want to see while you were out? Oh, that's so good. It's a really good question. I mean, the answer is yes. It's oh, just about remembering. I can sometimes, especially when, I, when I'm writing in a room, I, I look good at work. But when I'm freelancing and I write at coffee shops, like there's a lot of times where like, I don't wear makeup too much and my hair's frizzy and I'll wear a weird outfit. Not ever, not all the time. I, I'm not saying I'm like a fucking mess, but like <laughs> I can. I know what you mean. You can get really comfortable in L.A. I always look like a mess in L.A. Yeah. Uh, m- m- 98% it's of the, the time. It's the most casual city in the world. And if you People don't- are like shocked when I'm wearing makeup and like don't have pajama pants on. They're like, whoa, Jamie. It's like they, they act like I'm in a wedding dress <laughs> and it's like I just put on like a little bit of lipstick. I've definitely bumped into guys that I either got rejected by or you used to date looking like shit. That's for sure has happened a million times. The worst. Is there anything that you can remember? Um, hmm, let me think. No, not not specifically with a guy, but I just in general, I know that feeling of like being out and just not wanting to see people and even seeing someone you like and just wanting to like not have an interaction with someone. I am very guilty of that. Like I will literally see someone I like and I'll just be like, I can't do this right now. And I'll like not say hi. And I think that's, I don't know where that comes from. Hmm. It's like a nervousness to like, I don't know where, honestly, I don't know where it comes from. But sometimes I will literally just see someone I know and they're perfectly lovely. And instead of just being like, oh, hey, good to see you. I'll just like pretend I don't see them. Oh, I've done that. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Samantha and Carrie decide they're going to Natasha's lunch. So Carrie can go all out and look fabulous, showing Big's new woman who's who, which isn't really going to show her anything because she literally doesn't care. It's very petty, but Carrie's desperate, and why lie? We've all been there. Meanwhile, Magda's cleaning Miranda's apartment when she opens her nightstand drawer to find the devil's wand, a.k.a. a vibrator. Magda freaks out, prays for Miranda's soul, and makes her feel embarrassed and shitty. The core four unpack this living nightmare at a spa. It's like I hired my mother. (laughs) Luckily, Manhattan has spas, where a woman can pay to feel good about herself. 
I just can't believe she opened your goodie drawer. I mean, everybody knows the nightstand is private. What do you have in there? You know, the usual. Condoms, vibrator. Massage oil, cigarettes. Nipple clams. Really? Not for me, for them. That's freakish. What's in your goodie drawer? Robert's rules of order. They don't have a goodie drawer. Oh, everybody has a goodie drawer. I have a goodie closet. I don't need to know what's in your goodie closet. Ditto. Nipple clamps will suffice for today. Great scene, per usual. What do you think of this Magda character in Miranda's life? What's the take I on this? I love Magda. I find her to be... I, I can only assume that she is based on a real person because I have a cleaning lady and she could be she couldn't be less phased by my choices like truly she'll just be like do you want me to fold these dirty underwear like she doesn't care she's the least judgmental person so I find it interesting and I find it to be a great character to have a judgmental housekeeper. That's such a stressful idea. Like, can you I, imagine? They're no. all in your personal shit. No, they're touching all your things, and they're like painting this picture of you in their head of that is that is embarrassing. And yeah, I just I can't I can't imagine somebody cleaning your house is already very vulnerable. Very. That's what I'm saying. I think that to do that or have that dynamic, it has to be like really built on trust. And Magda. She is so, so sweet, though. She's truly one of my favorite characters ever on the series. She does have a very... She's fabulous. Yeah, she has a very familiar um, dynamic with Miranda. Like, she seems like she, like, cares about her. Yes, 100%. The thing that's kind of shocking, though, and is, like, a funny, like, not to be, like, logic police, but, like, if you are a housekeeper in New York... You're going to be seeing a lot oh, yeah. worse than what you saw at Miranda's. Like, Absolutely. you're going to be seeing cocaine. You're yeah. going to be seeing fucking prostitutes. It's like, right. So it seems like, have you really been a housekeeper for decades and you're like shocked by a vibrator? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, girl. This is like, but maybe that's stuff. like her mission. And like, that's that's what she's selling is like, I'm yeah. not your average housekeeper. Like, I'll, I, I'm not only going to clean up your drawers. I'm going to clean up your soul. Like, maybe it's Magda's secret mission like house by yeah. house to just like fix the world. Yeah, she's like she's like a missionary. Yeah. That's interesting. I sometimes get my uh apartment cleaned by this woman who's super super nice, but I've never asked her to do my laundry, mm. and I didn't even know you could ask that. And then mm. my all my friends are like, "Yeah, I have her do my laundry." And I was like, "Wow, I never And I have some underwear that I still have in rotation that has period stains in it, sure. and I wear them on my period." Of course. And I'm like, "Oh, would I have her like wash my period underwear? Oh yeah, you like, gotta. You just had. They, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta wear gloves for that job. I, I don't think they do. I, mean, I would girl, if it were she me. She doesn't. She just gets in there. I would not fucking touch that shit. She's with a, my yeah, raw I mean, hands. She's. Un I mean, she's really incredible. When she comes, it like it just changes my life. A clean house is perfect. And I, I wish that I. I also am so bad at keeping it up. Like I really try for the first like five days. Five days is great. And then it just turns to such a shit show. Whatever. Do you have a goodie drawer? No. I mean. Where do you keep your goodies? I keep mine in my underwear drawer. Oh, yeah. That feels that feels right. Do you have goodies? Well, I. Yes. But I don't think that I like I find it odd that it's just like next to the bed so blatantly in Miranda's case. Um, That's where most people put them. You think so? Yeah. I think it depends on your nightstand. I saw if it's one drawer and it's like top drawer. Yeah. It's a bold move. I saw my very good friends. I was at her house once and oh, I wow. pulled the drawer because I was looking for matches. and I was like, oh, hey, girl. So where do you keep yours? In the closet. 
Okay. It's like hidden away. But I don't have like, I don't, I don't I think they have idea. one. Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's not, it doesn't require a drawer. <laughs> Actually, you know what? At my mom's place, uh, there's like a bedroom mm. for me or whatever. And uh, there's this like old piece of furniture that I dragged in there once. It was just like a little drawer thing. Yeah. And um, I used to be a sex and dating writer for like all these magazines. So yes. I got sent like handcuffs and lube. And so at my mom's house, all you have to do, anyone could sleep over and open it. And it's like a prostitute's den. <laughs> like, I don't think my mom ever goes in there. But if anybody looked, it's like sexy dice and like really old expired kinky juice lube or whatever. It's yeah. Like, so my mom, unfortunately, has like a stored space of like yeah. whore gear. Right. <laughs> As any good mom should. You know, because she cares. Yeah. As the gals enjoy a nude steam, Charlotte... Re- <laughs> Do you so love funny. that? Yeah. As the gals enjoy a nude steam, Charlotte, typical Charlotte, refuses to disrobe. She becomes so uncomfortable, she ends up running out of the sauna with Carrie trailing after her. And in actually a very tender scene that shows a part of Charlotte I had never seen before. She admits that she's self-conscious about her body and hates her thighs. I thought it was very beautifully done, very relatable. And Carrie, being the great friend that she is, pumps Charlotte up, gives her a really good pep talk. And, you know, Charlotte is the most annoying character in the mix. And I thought this was a nice scene to show that, you know, she's a human. She's got her insecurities. Yes. And Samantha catches up with a woman outside the steam room who announces that she just got a happy ending from the fabulous masseuse, Kevin. Samantha's obviously obsessed, and she tries to book an appointment ASAP. Back at Miranda's, she's about to settle in for a relaxing masturbation sesh when she opens her drawer to find her vibrator has been replaced by a Virgin Mary statue. Ah, hell nah! Too far, Magda. In other news, Carrie and Charlotte catch up for lunch, where Carrie shows off the Manolo Blahniks she bought to impress Natasha. Carrie and Charlotte revisit their body positivity conversation, and Charlotte is so motivated she decides to go back to the spa to face her fears. She goes into the sauna, she takes off her towel, and she faces the judgment of other women. But instead of judgment, she actually gets a compliment. A woman tells her she has awesome breasts, and Charlotte smiles. Maybe her body is better than she thought. And Samantha heads to her happy ending massage with Kevin, which comes to a very sad ending. Since they were running out of time, Samantha decided to take the matter into her own hands. Is this okay? Apparently, it wasn't. Oh, she grabs his dick. Person does such a thing to molest a trained professional while he's trying to do his job. Helena Rubenstein is a civilized place. (laughs) For civilized people. I'm sorry, but I cannot allow you to come back here. I have to protect my staff. Clearly, she meant Kevin's staff. Look, this isn't my fault. I know for a fact that Kevin went down on another customer, and that's why I booked the appointment. (laughs) I love this. Also, it's kind of interesting. What a fantasy. Yes, but What a fantasy to have, like, you gotta book Kevin. Like, oh, I wish that existed. Oh, excuse me. I've said it a million times on the pod. I want a happy ending massage place. It's actually tragic. And they need one for women. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. They need women's a women only. only. Yes. Totally. I, I, I think Male you make a female. killing. I would go Book twice online. a week. Yeah. Call it something snappy. I'd never need to get married. And I know. Would be the end. I would just I know. get a great dog and a great cat. Yeah. 
All I'm trying to say. She's going to get a couple it's of animals. so true. So wait, I, when I was in, I went to Amsterdam and I, this was when I was like in my mid twenties, I went with a boyfriend and we were walking through the the red light district and we came upon this place and like a lot of people were going in and it kind of looked like a castle. And so we went in and like all of these Asian women were lined up and uh, we were super, super high. I have to say that they lined up and they were like, I I didn't know what was happening. And then they were like, well, choose, choose a woman. And I was like, why would I, I don't care whoever's available. I genuinely thought it was massage, like actual body massage. I genuinely thought that. Okay, I'm excited about where this story is going. So I was like, oh, I don't care. I mean, whoever has like the strongest hands, I was like, I don't know. And I realized now like, well, they wanted me to pick like because it's a sex worker and you should pick your type just like right. you would at a brothel. But I didn't right. know that's what was happening. Right. So I was like, oh, they're weird in Amsterdam. Like you get to pick your masseuse. Usually like in America, it's just like whoever's available um, or, you know, if you have someone, whatever. Anyways, point is. So I go upstairs with this woman and there's a bed and she's like lay down on the bed and I laid down and she was like, do not remove your underwear. Like it, she kept in broken English, just kept telling me, don't remove your That's underwear. And I was like, I wasn't, I think it's a regular massage. I was like, I'm not going to, but also at a massage, you get naked. So what's the big deal? And also she was if so, it's a brothel, why wouldn't you also be? Well, removing- that's what I learned is that they did not do girls there at all. That was my point in telling you this. Oh. They, she was truly like disgusted at the oh. thought of doing in, anything to me. And at the time, I didn't know You're what was happening. Looking. I was like, why is she so, so against she just me? just take- a massage? It was the worst massage of my life because she's wow. not a masseuse. And she also didn't want to do it. She literally was just like chopping my back lazily. Ew, what a bitch. Yeah, it was terrible. And it lasted like we- I paid for an hour because I thought so it was going to be an hour. So then I get out and I reconnect with my boyfriend who was next door and he's like, I don't understand. This girl like tried to touch my dick. And I was like, what? What is happening? Like, we're so dumb. That's such a cute little like naive, like Midwestern. But like, I'm not we naive. Red, we went to the red light Amsterdam. We district must, and- I think we were so high that we just were like, we just want a massage. And it said massage on the outside. So I was like, oh, this is but the that's place like where you what go. They're famous. Well, it for. was on the outskirts, by the way. It wasn't like on the strip at the red light district. So I was like, I guess I thought, oh, well, if you're kind of off the path, it's like out of the district. And the whole thing is so dumb. When I look back, I'm like, how, what was I, how did I not know? I just didn't know. And I had seen real sex on HBO. I watched the bunny ranch on HBO. I know what a brothel is. I know how brothels work. But for some reason, it just didn't register when I was high. Girl, you were high. I was high. Also, something that's very funny about this scene to me is that he is fucking women and going down them left and right, and Samantha touches his dick and he tells on her. I know. It's kind of weird. Like, did he was he just very unattracted to Samantha? Or does he feel like he needs to initiate? Because technically she didn't do anything that surprising. No. He's like kind of a legend for that specific reason. And lots of people have done it. Yes. So what's the deal? What's the yes. problem? The woman who said you should book Kevin said it in a way that implied everybody goes to Kevin. Wink, wink. And when he gets fired, all these women are pissed because they fuck him. So like, 
It's not really realistic in real life if you were a masseur who was giving women a oral masseur. sex. I keep saying masseuse. It's masseur. Yeah. If you were giving women oral sex and fucking them, obviously the word's going around. Obviously that's why people go to you. That somebody touched your dick and you would tell. You would never tell. You would never, ever tell because you have something to lose big time sure. by that. The only thing I could possibly do to throw these writers a bone on this one is that he has some kind of ego about like, I decide who I want to, you don't get to start this, but it truly doesn't really make any sense. No, it actually makes no sense. It's so funny because I've seen this episode so many times and I never thought about it until now, how little sense it makes. Why could, why, why, why now? (laughs) Why tell? Right. And first of all, why wouldn't you want to fuck Samantha? Second of all, you're going to lose other clients. Even if you didn't want to fuck Samantha, somebody who's been doing a ton of illegal stuff at work is never never go to the boss and say this girl did something I didn't want her to do agreed never agreed so anyway that's a fun little thing but I will say I it's really funny because this scene is what my biggest fear is because I go to a masseur that I like don't want to have sex with but I do want him to give me a happy ending sure and there have been we all by the way just a quick we all are thinking it Especially if it's of a good course. massage. This guy's not even my type or anything, but he's an amazing masseuse. So I'm insanely horny every time. Sure. And there have been times where I was like, oh, should I just like put the like sheet down just a little bit and expose my breast? Yeah. But I'm really afraid I'm going to get like expelled. in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid yeah. that what happened to yeah. Samantha is going to happen to me. I would never touch him. I don't even want to touch him. No, but no, I no. wanted him to go further. And of I'm like, course. how can I give like physical cues? But this is why I don't because I'm scared I'm going to get a talking to. Yeah. Yeah. I got a massage a couple months ago. I went and I was actually, it was me and, you know, Leslie, my makeup artist, and we were in the same room. Mm-hmm. And this woman, this woman and the woman who massaged her both like really like massaged our butts in this way where I was like, I don't think this is Ooh, legal. I love that. That would turn me But on. I was surprised. Did you like it or not? No, not really. Mm. It, the, this woman was not delicate. Oh, she, too hard? She did a lot of like slapping. Deep tissue? Deep t- yeah, there was like, I too mean, painful. truly like slapping the shit out of me. I mean, I'd love but that. But with the butt part, she wasn't slapping my butt. She was, but she was like really getting up in there in but a you way. You can always say like, I, I know, I know. But then I, Leslie and I talked about it afterwards. I was like, that was weird. And she's like, yeah, they did that to me too. And I was like, this place is weird. I like weird butt massage. It didn't bother me enough to say something because I definitely would have. But I was like, that's I don't know. And when I was in in my asshole, I would love it. In Budapest, they massage my boobs. Girl? Yeah. Were you turned on? Not really. It felt really clinical. Oh, I feel like I would be turned on. No, it's like she was like trying to like get the knots out. She was like trying to like check you for work out the kinks. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it felt very like this is what we do. It was like in a very reputable bathhouse spa mm. yeah she's anyway. like she brought me to orgasm but honestly it was it did, i didn't yeah it was yeah exactly <laughs> like really? that movie the road to wellville <laughs> you're like i was screaming yeah. but honestly yeah, i don't I think even it remember was her just name. like a doctor's appointment yeah anyways okay so carrie and samantha head to natasha's lunch more than ready to shut that woman down when they check in however the receptionist mentions that natasha won't be coming carrie is super disappointed all that primping and prepping for nothing The gals decide to make the best of the situation and drink as much free booze as possible, but the outing's pretty much a bust. Carrie's disappointed, but Samantha is straight up attacked when a group of ladies who lunch yell at Samantha for getting their favorite masseur, Kevin, fired. And Miranda confronts Magda about the statue she used to replace her vibrator, and she threatens to find someone else to clean her house if Magda can't do it. 
Magda seems to get the message. She even leaves Miranda an artfully arranged condom piece offering. The episode closes with Carrie getting a, quote, sorry I missed you note from Natasha, in which Natasha misspells there. She spells it T-H-E-I-R when she meant to spell it T-H-E-R-E. The bad spelling makes Carrie ridiculously happy. She might be a model, but she's an idiot, Carrie shrieks with glee. And just like that, Carrie's self-esteem is back. I love that. Okay, well, this brings us to the question of the episode. That night, I modeled my entire wardrobe in my head and vetoed everything. Why did I care so much? What was it about Natasha that always made me feel like the charity case? Was it just that she had big or was this bigger than big? I started to wonder, are there women in New York who are just there to make us feel bad about ourselves? You know what? Mm. There's women like this everywhere. Yes. (laughs) And that's because, you know, everybody has their own like little baby insecurity inside them. Like I was really, really tall and skinny in middle school and high school. And um, I didn't look, there were guys that like, there were definitely some guys that liked me and were in love with me and stuff, but I was by no means um, a hot, sexy, popular girl. And the girls that were hot and sexy were half my height, had way more meat on their bones, had boobs. And I, it really affected me. I really felt like, that's those are real women. I'm like this weird skinny freak. And um, you grow out of that. But I think there's a, a part of every woman and maybe even every man that just feels sometimes like a like a fraud in Absolutely. terms of attractiveness or something. I do think New York is an especially uh, I would say it's an especially competitive place and that people are always making, I mean, it's true everywhere, but people are making more money than you. And it's kind of because you see everybody all the time, everyone's out on the street, walking around, mingling, passing people all the time. Everything is kind of in your face. You can't you can't really hide from anything in New York. So I think it's then that is sort of what happens in this episode. It's like she runs into her at the thing and then she's at the same luncheon. It's like you're confronted with the competition in New York, I think, probably more than other places in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I agree with what you're saying, and I think that is the root of this question, is that it's more about insecurities and and what triggers you personally. Like, for me, I always get self-conscious about, like, not being smart enough, not, like, everything. Just, like, it's always, like, brain smart, really, <laughs> literally say that in the least smart way. But it is. It's always, like, I get like intellectually competitive. And so, yeah, if I meet someone who I feel like just radiates like this person is more of a genius than me, I like get really nervous. And I that's that's my thing. And that's not physical as much as just mental and internal. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think what Carrie's asking, she asked it before the question, which is, um, why did I care so much? Like, what is it about this woman that triggers me? Well, any ex who is with a, that kind of woman honestly any kind of woman when you're still in love of with course, the person that's true you are going to obsess about them when yeah. my high school boyfriend who I was in love with moved on it was like I thought the girl was really cute no question but when he fell for her like I knew her before when he fell for her I was like I want to look like her sound like her copy her mannerisms. I was obsessed. That makes sense. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I I also think 
though. I think there is a second layer to this. I think you're absolutely right. Carrie would have been obsessed with any woman that Big moved on with. Absolutely. And then smaller, but still, I think this woman particularly triggers Carrie because Carrie is a particularly short person. This woman is particularly tall. Carrie is in her later part of her 30s. This woman is in the middle of her 20s. So I also think this woman represents some very specific insecurity she has. Absolutely. I feel like it's interesting what you were saying about the um, the the intellectual thing is what gets you. I think, I I don't know if it's, it's quite so much anymore. Maybe it still is. But I think the times I feel most triggered by other women, especially if I'm feeling competitive, is like women that have like parents who are together who seem like they like have a good family and like aren't damaged at all and like have like love coming home and because my family is so fucked up um and I feel kind of like a fucked up girl that I think I would be very competitive if my ex or something like married this like really stable yes kind of shiny person that would really get me yeah that makes sense I mean you know my family is very similar so yeah I get it so Carrie it's not just you we all deal with it Yeah, definitely not just you. And really glad that this was the question of the episode because I think it brings up a lot. And it also brings up things that I don't think people necessarily talk about. Like we don't really openly discuss insecurity ever because the whole notion of insecurity is don't talk about it. Be ashamed. Be ashamed. Yeah. Yes. The more you talk about it, the less power it has. Absolutely. I think it feels really good to call it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So final segment of the episode is I'm horny for... Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what you horny for? I'm horny for a really fun movie called Knives Out. It's a thriller comedy starring Daniel Craig and Lakeith Stanfield. I don't think I said his first no, name. I think you, Lakeith. Oh, Lakeith. Great. Yeah, I think you said it right. Um, And Jamie Lee, the other Jamie Lee, obviously the second Jamie Lee. Yes. It goes me, then her. Yeah. She's had a legendary long career. You're a legend. Oh, thanks. Um, I was in a really anxious, weird mood that day. I was crawling out of my skin with anxiety. And I went into that movie and it entertained me and it distracted me and it made me laugh. It did everything a movie should do. It it was a really great escapism. So whether you're in a great mood and you just want to laugh or you're in a fucked up mood like I was and you want to escape yourself, it'll hit. Yeah, it'll do the mark. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I second that. What are you horny for, Jamie Lee? (sighs) I'm horny for holiday drinks. And I want to be clear. I'm not a Starbucks-er. I rarely hit up a Starbucks. I do love an eggnog latte. I'm not going to lie. But I I just, I think, I don't know. I, I, I associate Starbucks with like, last resort like you're in an airport you get starbucks like i don't want to seek out starbucks but what i mean by holiday drink is like really into making hot chocolate at home put a little cinnamon in it i bought heavy whipping cream you can literally use a drop and it changes the flavor sounds delicious entirely i put it in my coffee yeah i'm just really into like making beverages more cozy right now sounds great yeah even like right now i'm obviously not on mic but i am drinking tea i am not slurping it for those of you who gave us those notes we did hear them um but yeah i i'm really into just having beverages count because i'm kind of just one of those people who only drinks like black coffee or water and it's nice to enjoy like a hot delicious desserty like liquid dessert I'm really into it. I love it. This is the season for it. 
I love it. Okay. I love you. And I love love our listeners. Thank you guys for listening. And bye. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. (coughs) 